0: Hello, and welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. What is up, Christ Walk? How's everybody doing today? So good to see everyone. You all are looking good. Today is an incredible day. It's a, it's a very special day. Um, number one, it's a special day for a couple different reasons. Number one is because uh, today is, our, is the 21st day of our prayer and fasting Uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting that's been going on today is day 21 so some of you are like tomorrow I'm eating a donut (laughs) and it is going to be so good in the name of Jesus or you're having coffee or a soft drink or a steak or whatever it is maybe that you've been maybe that you've been fasting Um, maybe you're going to get back on social media and you're going to check Facebook or Instagram and you're going to have 439 notifications or whatever, I don't know, but um, congratulations, you have made it. And these past 21 days, thanks to everybody that's joined us online or or um, that's watched afterwards for our live Facebook prayer uh, sessions and everything that we've been having. Man, it has been an incredible, incredible 21 days, and I believe that I've heard some things from the Lord and that the Lord's been challenging me and stretching me and encouraging me and showing me some things and and some stuff that you guys are going to hear come out of me over the coming weeks and months. Um uh, as, as we continue to move forward into uh, the, next, the next season that he has us in our church. And we're going to culminate this 21 days of prayer and fasting tonight right here in this room at 6 o'clock with a time of prayer. I want to encourage you guys, uh, drop what you're doing. There's no NFL playoffs this weekend, you know, so you have no excuse. Get out here and let's pray together and let's finish this thing off right um, and I believe that, uh, that the Lord is... is the, the past two weeks that we've been here doing this, man, he's shown up in a mighty way, and we've had some incredible prayer times. So I want to encourage you to be here tonight at 6 o'clock for that. And then it's it's also a special day today. It's a, it's a bittersweet day today, a little bit. I, I'm on kind of a, a, a an emotional roller coaster a little bit because uh, 13 years ago today, I became a dad. Woo! And so... Um, Luke, uh, it's it's Luke's birthday today. He's become a teenager, and I'm very old to, because I have a teenager in the house. And um, I just want to let everybody know the, that um, for those of you thinking about getting Luke a gift, please don't get him any more blue pop t- uh, blueberry pop tarts. <laughs> We have enough blueberry Pop-Tarts at our house to, like, cure world hunger. I mean, like, you open up the pantry and just blueberry Pop-Tarts, like, fall out on you and everything. We're, we're using them for all kinds of things. We're, like, shingling the house with them and stuff. Like, all, all different. Like, I'm building things out of them. And just, um, so thank you, guys. But, uh, um, Luke, I'm, uh, I'm the pastor, so I get to do this. And I know that I'm going to pay for this later but I just want you to know that I love you. And I love that you love Jesus. And I love that you love your mama. And I love that you love your sister too, even though you won't admit it. And I'm super proud of the young man that you're becoming. And my favorite, yeah, you guys can fight for that. And probably my favorite thing about you is that you're handsome just like me, so... (laughs) If you guys have your Bible, um, turn with me, or maybe you're using a smart device, I want to encourage you to swipe with me to uh, the book of Numbers, chapter 22. Numbers is um, right at the beginning of the Old Testament, just a few books in, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. um, Numbers is a book all about numbers. Some of you guys are a little slow this morning. Um, the people of Israel had come out of slavery from Egypt and they were wandering in the wilderness on the way to the Promised Land. And every time they would set up camp, they would count to be sure that everyone was with them. And that's essentially what the book of Numbers is about. And we are going to land in chapter 22 in just a moment. So um, I got to know, are there any Pixar, uh, Disney Pixar fans in the house? Any, a few... A few, some of you are like, we don't have kids. We don't know. Our kids are grown. We have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, we love Pixar movies at the Snap Household. One of our favorites is uh, a movie called Monsters, Inc. Anybody seen it? Anybody seen it? All right. And in case you haven't seen it, um, you need to get right with the Lord and go see it first off. Number two, in case you haven't seen it, here's what, it, here's what it's about. It's, it's about, uh, ultimately, it centers around these two monsters Um, named Sully Sullivan and Mike Wazowski. Um, And they live in this uh, this town called Monstropolis. And they work for this company called Monsters Incorporated. And so they go to work every day and they go out onto the scare floor. And the scare floor um, allows these monsters to utilize cutting edge technology to dial up any door that they would, would like to bring. And it, it plants it down and, and creates this portal in front of them. So when they enter through this door, they are, they are transported into a child's bedroom through their closet. And they sneak into the kid's bedroom and they scare them. And then Monsters Incorporated has this machine that collects the scares and turns it into an energy source that then powers the city. It's it's really, really cool, really creative. I know it sounds crazy. Just take my word for it. Go and see the movie. It's super awesome. You will not regret it, okay? But wouldn't it be cool if we could operate our lives the way that those monsters at Monsters Incorporated operate theirs? Like that at any moment, we could just punch a couple buttons and we could dial up any door that we wanted to walk through and it would be there. You know, like I, I want, a, I want a new house. Boop, 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 boop. And there it is. And you walk through. Oh, and here's our new house. Or, you know, I, I need that promotion at work. And so you beep, 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 boop, boop, and you punch it up and you walk through the door and there it is, new promotion at work, corner office, big desk. It's got one of those like Newton's cradle things, you know, the little balls, like tick, tock, tick, tock. Like that's how you know you've really made it. If you got one of those on your desk, you're doing something right, you know. Or, or um, uh, I want that girl to say yes. You know, and we dial it up and open the door and then there she is, you know, get down on one knee. Will you marry? Yes. You know, like all of those things that like if any moment we could just dial up the thing that we want and the door would present itself and then all we had to do was open it and walk through. Wouldn't it be great if life was like that? Today we are in part four of this series that we are calling Frequency. And it's all about cutting through the noise in our lives so that we can more clearly hear the voice of God. And back um, in part one of this series, we talked about that um, God doesn't always speak to us audibly and that he speaks to us often in other ways um, besides that. And that the primary, one of the primary ways that he speaks to us is through the Bible. And we learned in part one that, that the Bible, um, when, when uh, God speaks to us, he's going to do that through the Bible. And that this serves as the lens through which we view all of the other ways That God communicates to us. And then in in, in week number two, uh, we talked about how God will communicate to us through our desires, the the good desires, the bad desires that are at tug of war uh, within our hearts, but then also the God desires that he's downloading inside of us as we choose to delight in him. And then last week we talked about how there there are people that will speak into our lives, that God will use people to both confirm and to confront things in our life, and that as he speaks these things to us, as he reveals these things to us, that we always go back to week one and we balance them against God's word because he's never going to contradict what he has already communicated to us through his word. And then today, we're going to talk about how God speaks to us through what you and I would call doors, what you and I would call doors. Doors serve as directional points in our lives that lead us from one season of life into the next season. And when it comes to doors in our lives, sometimes God will give us exactly what we want. And these are our favorite kind of doors. These are the ones that are easy to walk through. This is the time in life where the prayer gets answered immediately, where where, uh, uh, we get the promotion, we get the girl, we make the team. We close on the house where it just everything flows and functions and it's just an easy road and and the door is there and we see what we want on the other side and all we do is just step through it and life is great. How many of you like it when things like that happen? You know, when it all works out according to the way that you had it planned, right? Right? But what about when it doesn't go that way? What about when it's not exciting like that? Because the fact of the matter is, is that life isn't always that easy. And often the doors in our lives, they don't open so clearly. Sometimes those doors will even slam right in our face. That thing that we've wanted for so long, that dream job that we have prayed for, that soulmate that we've been in search of. One minute it seems like it's going to be a sure thing. And then the next minute we turn around and it's hurdle after hurdle after hurdle till all of a sudden, bam, God shuts the door. What do we do then? You know, the Bible actually talks about this in the book of Revelation. Uh, John the Revelator, he writes, This is what the one who is holy and true, who holds the key of David says. When he opens a door, no one can close it. And when he closes it, no one can open it. But you know what? Too often, I think you and I, we make the assumption that God wants what we want for ourselves. And that he's on board with our desires or with the direction that we want our life to go. But it simply doesn't work that way. See, here's the deal. God is going to speak to us through open doors in our life. But you and I, we can't pray for open doors without also praying for closed ones as well, right? And that's difficult. That's difficult for us. But, but it's, it's, it's these closed doors that you and I, we wrestle the most with. See, when a door swings wide open and there's something that we want on the other side, that doesn't take any faith at all. For us to step through and just and take hold of that thing, that that thing that we've wanted for so long, and we've got our eyes on the prize, and, and it all just aligns correctly and it's in line with what God wants for our lives, and the door swings wide, and we step through, and there we are, and man, life has never been better. But when a door leading to something we desperately want slams in our face, you know what our tendency is? We want to pick the lock. We want to break the glass. We want to call in the battering ram and knock it down. I got to get to that thing over there. I got to get to what is on the other side. But sometimes you and I, we need to remember what the great theologian Garth Brooks said. (laughs) Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. You know, that reminds me of a story. Just the other night, at a hometown football game, My wife and I ran into one of my old high school flames, and as I... I'm just kidding, I'm not going to sing it. You're like, thank God he's our pastor, not our worship leader. (laughs) Here's the deal. God closes doors in our lives for a reason. Here's three of them right here. Number one, to protect us. If you're right, if you're taking notes, write this down. God closes doors in our lives sometimes to protect us. So you and I may not realize it, but that thing that we want so badly on the other side of the door, it may eventually harm us somewhere down the road. And God doesn't want that to happen to us. God closes doors in our lives to redirect us, that that maybe he's got a different path, a different plan in mind, and we weren't meant to go through that door. God says, no, you need to know that you're supposed to be over here, so that's why I'm shutting this door, so that you'll say, oh, okay, that's not where I'm supposed to be. I'm actually supposed to go this way. The third thing is God closes doors in our lives to keep us from settling. Too often, you and I allow good to rob us of great. This is a good thing. God doesn't want what's good for us. God wants what is best for us. So he doesn't want to see us in a season of life where we, where we settle for good when great is attainable. So he's going to close doors in our lives to protect us, to redirect us, and to keep us from settling. When it comes to closed doors in our lives, this is what you and I need to remember. Remember? This right here, God wants us to want him more than what's on the other side of the door. God wants us to want him, to desire him, to seek after him more than we are seeking after that thing, that opportunity, that situation, that outcome. He wants us to want him And the Bible provides numerous warning signs for those of us who choose to disregard the doors that God has closed in our lives and instead be disobedient toward him. And one such warning is through a really interesting, pretty odd story in the book of Numbers chapter 22. So let me set the stage for what's happening Here before we jump into our passage for today, Israel as a nation, they were in slavery in Egypt and Moses has come and he has led them out of slavery. Um, All the plagues have happened. The Red Sea has parted. They have crossed over on dry land and now they are wandering in the wilderness on their way to the promised land they find themselves at this particular point camped in a region or an area known as Moab. And the Israelites, this was not like a small camp of people. This was about a million people and they are wandering through this wilderness and when they set up camp, it took up some space. And so they've set up this camp, uh, their their camp in, in the area of Moab and the people of Moab are terrified. They think the Israelites are coming to overtake them and so they're getting really nervous. And so Balak, the king of Moab, he sent messengers to go out to find a nearby prophet by the name of Balaam. And he he asks Balaam, he sends these, these, these messengers to go to him, these officials, go to Balaam and ask him if he will come and place a curse on the Israelite people. Kind of a weird thing going on already, but it gets weirder. All right, so these people, they set out and they go to, they go to Balaam and, and these, these officials of Balak, they go to Balaam and, and they say, hey, uh, uh, our King Balak wants to know if you'll come and place a curse on the nation of Israel. And he says, uh, hang on just a minute, let me talk to God and see what God says and then I'll give you an answer. And he, he goes to God and, and God says, you are not to curse those people. They are my chosen people and I have blessed them. You need to stay away from them. And so Balaam goes back to Balak's officials and he says, "I'm sorry, there's nothing that I can do. The Lord told me that I cannot go and curse them, that the people of Israel are blessed, they are his chosen people. I'm sorry, there, there's, I, I can't help you. I can't help you." So, so the Lord's word to Balaam was 100 percent officially clear. That door had been closed. He, he left, he left no, no doubt at all whatsoever. You are not to go and curse the people of Israel. but when the messengers come back to Balak and tell him what happened, Balak says, "Well, I think I'm going to try this one more time." So he gets even more officials together and even more prominent and, more, and of more importance, and he sends them back to Balaam and says, "Grant, tell Balaam that we'll make him rich. That if he'll do this for us, that we will give him a large sum of money in order to come and bless the or, or to curse the nation of Israel." And so the officials go back to Balaam who has already received a clear and direct word from the Lord to not go and curse the people of Israel. And they go and they say, hey, Balak wanted us to come and try one more time. And if you will do this for us, then we will make you a very, very wealthy man. And so Balaam says, well, let me go back to God and see if maybe He's got something else he wants to tell me. He says, You guys spend the night here with me, and then in the morning we'll decide what we need to do. Even though he's clearly heard from the Lord already, he's thinking, hmm, I could get a little side action over here, you know, make a little money. That wouldn't be so bad. Change my life, become a rich man. Maybe, you know, that's not a bad thing. Surely that's something that the Lord would want for me, right? Wouldn't he want me to be taken care of? Wouldn't he want me to have this money? And so he goes back to the Lord, and the Lord says, you're not to curse these people, but in the morning, I want you to get up and go with these officials and do what I tell you to do. So in the morning, uh, Balaam gets up, and he, he goes with the officials of Balak, The Bible says that he saddles his donkey and he begins to ride along with them. And then the Lord gets mad at Balaam because he has gone with these officials. The Lord is upset even though he's the one that said, go ahead and go. But I think what happened is, is because of Balaam's persistence and because God had shut the door, but then Balaam comes back to him, God says, fine, have it your way. Do what you want to do. And so he sends Balaam out with these people and Balaam is riding along on his donkey and all of a sudden the donkey sees an angel with a sword in the roadway ahead and and, and nobody else can see it except for this donkey. And so the donkey bucks and goes off to the side of the road out into the field. And Balaam gets mad and he beats the donkey with a stick and gets it back into the road and they continue on their way. And up ahead there's a vineyard and, and it's a narrow pass with walls on either side and the, the angel is standing in the way and the donkey sees it once again. And so he tries to, to scoot by the angel on the edge and he ends up crushing Balaam's foot up against the wall. And Balaam gets mad again and he gets off the donkey and he beats it with a stick The angel moves on ahead of them in the road into an even narrower pass and, and the donkey once again sees the angel and he just lays down knowing that he cannot go any further. And once again, Balaam gets a stick out and just wears that donkey out. He is so, so mad. Cannot stand it. So upset with the donkey. And we pick it up in Numbers 22 verses 28 through 34. We're gonna read that together. In verse 28, it says this. Then the Lord made the donkey talk. I told you it got weirder. (laughs) Then the Lord made the donkey talk and she said to Balaam, what have I done to make you hit me three times? And Balaam answered the donkey, you have made me look foolish. I wish I had a sword in my hand. I would kill you right now. Verse 30. But the donkey said to Balaam, I am your very own donkey, which you have ridden me for years. Or which you have ridden for years. Have I ever done this to you before? No, Balaam said. Then the Lord let Balaam see the angel of the Lord who was standing in the road with his sword drawn. And then Balaam bowed face down on the ground. The angel of the Lord asked Balaam, Why have you hit your donkey three times? I've stood here to stop you because what you are doing is wrong. Verse 33. The donkey saw me and turned away from me three times. If she had not turned away, I would have killed you by now. But I would have let her live. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not know you were standing in the road to stop me. If I am wrong, I will go back. The angel said, look, this donkey is the one that's saving your life. God, shut this door. If it was up to me, I would have killed you. Had you you tried to go beyond me, I would have killed you already. But this donkey is the one that saved your life. And I don't know about you guys, but whenever I read this story, I can't help but think about this right here. This is just what goes through my mind. You got some dude going on a journey. He's trying to get there. And some smart-mouthed donkey is just in his way, keeping him from making the progress that he needs to make. Always trying to eat a bunch of waffles. That'll do, donkey, that'll do. Just like he did with Balaam, though, I think that sometimes the Lord gets fed up with us and says, Fine, have it your way. Do what you want to do and we'll see how it turns out. And and there's a warning in this passage. For those of us unwilling to accept when God closes a door in our lives, and instead we try to do everything that we can to force it open to get to what is on the other side. There's three, three things that we can look at when we try to force our way through a door that uh, through a door that God has closed, there's three things that happen in our lives. The first one is derailment. Derailment. Numbers 22 verse 23 says, "When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a sword in his hand, the donkey left the road and went into the field." When you and I are disobedient to God, it causes us to get off course. The more we push, the more we prod, the more we insist on having our way, the more we become unaligned with God and his plans. It's at these times that we need to remember, God closes doors to redirect us and to keep us moving down the path that he has chosen for us to accomplish the things that he has in store for our lives. So when God closes a door, it's to keep us from getting derailed. But when we push through that door and we insist on having our our way instead of his way, when we seek that thing, that promotion, that outcome, whatever, instead of seeking God, it causes us to get off course and no longer be going in the direction that God wants us to go. It derails us. The second thing. When we choose to push our way through a door that God has closed, it causes danger in our lives. It causes danger. Verses 24 and 25 of our passage says, Later, the angel of the Lord stood on a narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. And again, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, and she walked close to one wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. Here's what I've come to discover when when God uh, places His authority on something and says no to something, and you and I, when we try to find a loophole, when we try to skirt to the side, and we try to see, oh, like where's the where's the little nook, the little cranny, the little crap, like where can I just squeak by here? It always ends up in us getting harmed. Where's the loophole? Where's, where's the place that, like, God didn't really mean what he said. I can, just, I can just, I'll just do it like this. It'll be okay. And we try to just slide by. It always ends up with us getting hurt. Disobedient to God will always be, when we are disobedient to God, it will always cause us harm. And the fruit of our disobedience is sin. And James is clear that when sin becomes full grown, it gives birth to death. The fruit of our disobedience is sin, and sin always results in death. And the reason God has closed some doors in our lives is because he wants to protect us. We need to remember, he's trying to protect us from something that is going to cause us Harm at some point down the road. It's not because God is trying to, trying to like lord himself over us in such a way and keep us from having all the fun and, and, and experiencing certain things. He's saying, no, this door is close to you because it will ultimately lead to your harm. It's going to put you in danger and he wants to keep us from that. So it will derail us when we try to push through a door that God has closed. It will put us in danger when we try to push through a door that God has closed. And then the third thing, it's gonna cause delay. It's gonna cause delay. Verses 26 and 27 says, the angel of the Lord went ahead again and stood at a narrow place. Too narrow to turn left or right. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. The donkey saw that angel and realized, I can't go anywhere. So it laid down. And Balaam was unable to make any forward progress at that point. When you and I... Try to push through doors that God has closed in, that, that that God has closed. When 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 we when we try to force our way, when when we insist on on our plans, on our desires, on, on our directions and everything, it always causes delay. When we're disobedient to God, it always takes more time. And it always becomes more difficult for us to accomplish the things that God has called us to accomplish, for us to become the person that God has cause, uh, called us to become. And sometimes God is going to say, look, you keep insisting, fine, have it your way. And he's going to step aside and he, he's going to let you experience, see what I was trying to protect you from, see what I was trying to keep from happening to you, but you insisted. You wanted your own. You kept pushing the issue. And so fine, have it your way, but it's going to take longer. You're going to have to go the long way around. Instead of going downhill with the wind at your back, you're going to go, have to go uphill with the wind in your face. It would be so much easier if you would just do it my way, but you want to do it your way, so have it your way. And then we experience these kind of delays and so the thing that we want, the, the fulfillment, the desire, the, the, that need that we, have to be, that, that we want to be met in our life, it always takes longer for it to happen when we're unwilling to listen to God, when we're unwilling to be obedient to the doors that he shut in our life. It always takes more time. And you guys, we got to remember that when God closes a door, he, he does it to keep us from settling for something. We may think we've got it so good over here, but God's saying, if you would just look up and pay a little bit of attention, I've got something so much better for you over here. When are you going to realize if you would do it my way, because my way has what is best for you in store, not just what's good, what is best. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that best is better than good. And God doesn't just want good for us. He wants what is best. He has our best intentions, our our best outcome at his heart. That's what he wants for us. He doesn't want us to ever allow good to rob us of his best. But whenever you and I are insistent upon pushing through that door that he has closed. When God has directly and emphatically told us, no, I'm not talking about like not being persistent when God hasn't spoken. I'm not talking about continuing to pray for something that, that, that you know is in line with scripture and, and, and that you know that God wants for your life and you just, you keep on it. I'm talking about when God has told you no. This is not where you're supposed to go. It's not what you're supposed to do. It's not who you're supposed to be. That person is not who you're supposed to be with. That's not the job you're supposed to have. That's not where, like, when God has spoken clearly to you, even though it's something that you wanted, he's told you no, we need to take that and accept it and move on because he has something better in store for us. Quit seeking after the thing that is behind that door and start seeking after God instead. Because God wants us to want him more than he wants us to want that thing that is behind the door, that opportunity, that outcome, whatever that may be. He wants us to want him more than that. And what might happen we started to live this way, what might happen if we started to heed the voice of God in our lives, that that when the doors fling wide open, man, we run through and we take hold of that thing that's on the other side. But when the door slams shut, we take a step back and we say, okay, God, clearly that's not what you had for me, so show me the next thing, show me the next path. Show me, the, show me the next. What might happen if we would begin to, to attune our ear, to listen to God in that way? What might happen when, when those doors slam shut in our face, if we would say, God, you know, that was something that I really wanted for my life, but I understand, I see that that's not what you wanted for me. And, and God, I want what you want. I want what you want for me. What might happen if we started to live that way? How might that more readily align us with the things that God has in store for our life? You know, here's what I've come to discover. Without fail, everybody that I know, everybody that is, that is living for the Lord um, the way that I would want to, every, all of these, these kinds of experiences in my life, here's what's happened 100% of the time. Every single time that God has closed a door and said no to one thing that I thought I wanted. He's always opened up another door to something that I didn't even realize I needed. And that's made all the difference. See, if, if we're, if we're uh, willing to put ourselves in a position to, to listen to God when he closes one door in our life, even if it's something that, man, we really wanted it. It can even be a good thing. And we're willing to say, okay, God, that's not what you wanted. So please show me what you do. He's always going to open up another door over here or over here. And it's going to be something that we didn't even realize. It wasn't even on our radar. We didn't even realize it was an option for us. And it's always, always, always going to be better than the original thing that we were after in the first place. And we step through that door and we're going to, man, isn't God so good, so loving, so faithful. I think of the things that he saved me from, the stuff that I thought I wanted, that the door slammed in my face, and I was like, okay, that's uncomfortable. I don't like that. I wish I could have it that way. But then, over time, another door opened, and it was always something better, but it was never something that I even, that was even in, uh, that I was able to wrap my head around, that I even had considered before. And God always made another way, and it was always better than what I wanted for myself in the first place. If you and I will listen to the voice of God in our life, when he closes a door in our face, another door is gonna fling wide open, and it's gonna give us an opportunity There's going to be an outcome that's going to be so much better than our original path that we were on. And it's when those doors open wide that you and I have to muster up the faith and the courage to say, God, I don't know about this. I, like, this is getting me out of my comfort zone. This is something I hadn't even considered. This is, this is challenging me. It's stretching me. It's growing me. But, but I'm going to step through this with, with a great, great faith in you and, and trust in you. I'm going to be obedient to the things that you're calling me to do. When those doors open, step through it. Be obedient and watch what God will do in your life. And it will be amazing at the things that will happen, the things that you will accomplish, and it'll be stuff that you never even thought was possible. Because sometimes when God closes a door in our life, he's always going to open another door. It's gonna be something even better because he always has our best at heart. That's the God we serve. That's our heavenly father. He wants what is best for us, not what is good for us, what is best for us. And when we have the courage to step through that door and listen and go forward with faithful obedience, that is what will make all the difference in our lives. So I want to encourage you. Maybe you're in a spot today and something that you've, just desired in your heart for so long. The hurdles are getting bigger, taller, more difficult. The pathway, the roadway, it it, it just seems like one turn after another, things just aren't working out. God shut a door in your face, something that you thought was a sure thing, something that you thought, it was right there for the taking, and God's closed that door. And you know that you've heard from him, no. No. That's not what I have for you. That's not where you need to be. That's not what you need to do. I want to encourage you, take a step back, reconsider and realign yourself with God. I want what you want for me. I want you more than I want that thing behind that door and then sit back and watch as God opens up new opportunities and new outcomes for you that you didn't even know existed. And then be faithful and obedient to the things that God is laying in front of you. Walk through those doors instead and watch how he's gonna use you, the path that he's gonna take you and then never look back. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for your word. Lord, I thank you that you can speak to us through crazy stories about talking talking donkeys. God, I I just pray that... um, those areas in our life, Lord, where you've closed the door. God, it may hurt, may be painful, we may not understand, but I pray that you would give us all the strength to take a step back, reassess the situation, and realize, God, we want you and the things that you want for us more than we want the things that we want for ourselves. God, I pray that you would help us to place our focus on you, to seek after you. And as we do that, Lord, that you would open up doors, open them wide. Lord, things that we never even thought were possible, things that we never even imagined that you would have in store for us. Lord, that those things would open up before us. And as they do, Lord, that we would step through those doors with faithful obedience and become everything that you've called us to be. Fulfill everything that you've called us to fulfill. Lord, I I lay claim to these promises of your word this morning for both myself and for these people. It's in your most holy name we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today. At Christ Walk Church we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. For more information about Christ Walk, please visit us at thechristwalk.com.